All right, Monero Bros, welcome back. Good to be with you guys today. Uh, there's a good bit to talk about. Uh, just going to continue my work to keep you guys ahead of the curve on everything that's going on. Uh, what haven't we kept you ahead of the curve on? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so at first we said, yeah, there's going to be unrealized capital gains coming. They tried to make that initiative. People were shocked. They're like, oh, I can't believe this. Unrealized capital gains, that's insane. We told you it happened. <laughs> and then we said they're going to make public blockchains interoperable with international tax codes, which are embedded into computer codes. That looks like it's coming. We're seeing more hints that that is sort of kind of the deal, kind of the plan. Now, whether or not that's going to be integrated into uh, things like Bitcoin and Ethereum, we'll see uh, with the increased interest that we're starting to see with AOPP wallets, which we'll get into a little bit here today. That could be uh, the case, but it could also be the case that that's meant for central bank digital currencies, which we talked about. Uh, and they're increasing the rollout, which means the crackdowns are continuing. The regulatory capture is definitely on the move. Uh, and we're going to get into that today. Uh, it looks like the United States is going to soon make a move against Bitcoin and against the crypto sphere. And they've been gearing this stuff up for a number of months now uh, with the bills and uh, you know who's to be considered a broker and all this stuff. There's been increased pressure coming down on the American crypto industry, but we haven't really anticipated that there would be an outright ban just because the way America is. I mean, a lot of these congressmen are probably, you know, gilded to the hilt with freaking crypto in their own wallets. You know, I bet Nancy Pelosi's got a few bags, right? So it's likely to me that they're just going to be heavily regulated. Uh, and so that would be the case in the United States, at least until they roll out the digital dollar, um, which they just released the report for a few days ago. And they're going to want your taxes. They're going to want your information because really, if crypto can provide them more information on you uh, and they can get more taxes out of you and they know where all your money is so that they can maybe get it through unrealized capital gains taxes, I mean, what more could they want, really? What more could they want? A lot of people think that this is going to be coming with CBDCs, but if they regulate Bitcoin and Ethereum and these other cryptos enough, shoot, I mean, what is it that they would know uh, with the CBDC that they wouldn't know through crypto? I mean, it would just be the same thing. So we're going to get into that today uh, because it looks like Russia, they did a little bit of a flip-flop. They said, or at least the central bank said, hey, you know what, uh, we're going to ban Bitcoin and all these cryptocurrencies. There are a bunch of pyramid schemes and scams. And by the way, we're just about to roll out our own CBDC with Sfer Bank and Gazprom Bank. Uh, so, you know, maybe we just don't want this around. And then Putin came out and said, with I think a couple other departments on his back, hey, you know, maybe we could actually get some use out of Bitcoin mining. Maybe we could get some use out of Bitcoin being used. And there were some arguments which were put forward for that reason. One of them, interestingly enough, being, hey, you know, maybe we should have Bitcoin stick around because, you know, maybe people will go into the black market of crypto if, you know, they can't be in a regulated system, right? And so this is something that we've actually talked about here on the channel. We said that, you know, they may keep Bitcoin around and they may just opt to regulate this stuff because it's better to go with the devil that you know rather than the one you don't know. And if people start to flood into Monero and the Freedom Coin Covenant because, you know, they know about the hardcore KYC AML or outright bans that would otherwise happen against Bitcoin, then, you know, they're going to have 
a much, much tougher time regulating that, taxing that, and just having control over this festering and growing financial system and economy, this parallel economy that they otherwise wouldn't be able to stop. So that's just to open this up. Um, It looks like the crackdown continues. And what I would recommend if you're new to the channel, and we do have some new people to the channel, what's up? Thank you for tuning in. I check out some of the videos we've done. Let me try to keep the ratio right. I check out some of the videos that we've done over the last uh, couple weeks, ever since I came back, really, um, because we've kind of outlined some of this stuff, and it's happening much quicker than I would have otherwise anticipated. But, you know, as... It's sort of like, you know, we've got this website that we've looked at. I'm not going to put it up in this video, but it shows the development of CBDCs throughout the world. And as that map develops, you can expect a direct relational crackdown in non-CBDC cryptos. Because again, guys, this is not about giving you freedom money. This is not about, oh, the peons want to have their own little financial thing going on. That's cool. Let them play in their own little sandbox. No, (laughs) they want to own every grain of sand that there is on the earth. They want to own you. They want to own your money, your life, your soul. So they're not going to give you freedom money. And that's why you have to opt for the best form of free money that there is, which is Monero. So first thing I wanted to say was that uh, a Monero bro reached out to me and he said, hey, bro, uh, just wanted to let you know that this is my piece. Uh, And we talked about this in the last video, Monero bro, you know, the sketchy uh, Monario who moves through pipelines worthily and kidnaps people and sells them to Bowser for Monero, right? Um, This dude is actually Crit uh, Graph. So go give him a follow. He's cool. Uh, He seems to have some interesting takes. So... Yeah, go check him out. Thanks, SifeGraph, for the piece. Uh, it's dope, bro. Some of you had said I should make this my profile picture. Maybe I will. It's kind of fun, right? We are the Monero Bros. So let's go to talk about the AOPP situation because this has kind of blown up on Twitter over the last few days with Trezor announcing that they're going to be integrating this. Now they backstepped that today, and they said, you know what? Uh, you guys seem to not like this, so we're just going to not do it. But... It's interesting to note that they made this initiative, and other wallets are making this initiative too. We talked about about a week ago how a Swiss firm had made it so that wallets could uh, automatically comply with FATF travel rules by establishing or onboarding their software into their wallets or integrating it into their wallets. Um, And we saw that to be an early trend of what was to come with regulatory compliance and wallets that integrate this stuff being more favored in a regulatory environment. So maybe they're going to get out ahead of the curve just to see if they could get uh, that market leader position in the new regulated crypto economy. So um, it's good to get a good read up on this because I imagine that this is going to be coming in the future um, and perhaps sooner than we otherwise think. So let's check it out. This is from Bitcoin Magazine. Let me just make sure I'm still recording. Rock on. Cool. Um, why implementing AOPP, and by the way, that means address ownership proof protocol, uh, could be a risk to Bitcoin in the long term. The protocol isn't negative, but the rules it enforces are. So let's check this out. Uh, a true fuss started on Twitter on Thursday as news surfaced that Trezor, and some of you, I think, use Trezor. You've reached out to me looking for hardware wallets. And this is one of the issues that I've taken up with hardware wallets. I've never used hardware wallets. It's probably uh, safer to store, but the 
the thing is these things update you know what i mean who knows what kind of updates they're going to be doing right um but you know let me know what you guys think in the comments about this trezor a popular maker of bitcoin hardware wallets had integrated address ownership proof protocol to streamline the process of address verification for users withdrawing bitcoin from regulated exchanges a requirement in some jurisdictions and increasingly more jurisdictions certainly as we go into the future we've talked about how europe is looking to make it so that anyone who takes their crypto off an exchange they have to state where it is they're taking that crypto um and if they know where you're taking it off the exchange, which a lot of these exchanges do because people have been banned from exchanges, for example, taking their crypto from Coinbase to Trade Ogre. Uh, we love our Trade Ogre, our lovely Trade Ogre, the Mordor of crypto, uh, or somewhere else, you know. And uh, I think that somebody actually got kicked off an exchange for taking it to a Wasabi wallet and then using the mixing service there. I think that happened. Um, and so they know where you're taking it off the exchange. They're tracking it everywhere. But the thing is, um, they want to make that more streamlined so that if they know you're taking it to your wallet, then they know that you have possession of it. And, you know, if they come to you at some point and they say, hey, you've got these cryptos and you say, no, I don't have these cryptos, they're going to say, well, why didn't you report this on your tax forms? Because this is a capital asset. I'm not sure how it may be treated in your country if you're not in America or in some European countries. I think a lot of European countries treat this stuff as capital assets. But look, I mean, if you claim that you don't have this stuff, if there's like an ever more increased crackdown, maybe a ban, then they're going to say, well, why didn't you report that on your taxes? Do you have it or do you not? And then they're going to put a tracer on your wallet or something. Like they'll, they'll figure out ways to get it. Uh, and to sort of trap you in, right? But moving on, Trezor released a statement on Twitter soon after the Bitcoin community started raising questions. Uh, not supporting AOPP will lead to helping the government fence people in on exchanges where presumably they have, um, you know, more custodial control. And I've heard that um, <laughs> some, of the, some of the crypto bros interestingly say, Hey, bro, like, what if they ban Bitcoin? Or, excuse me, what if they ban gold? Like, Bitcoin's better than gold because they can't take it out of my wallet, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, if they establish regulations that incentivize people to keep it on exchanges, and I think a lot of the normie crypto bros leave it on the exchanges. Uh, Life, Math, and Money had a pretty good tweet about this. I'm going to go ahead and look it up. It was particularly good because he had included our video. <laughs> so, uh, let's see here. Um, he had said, take all of your crypto off of the exchanges, right? Here we go. Uh, Life Math Money, if you're watching, you rock, bro. Maybe we should chat some time. But he said, life advice, take all of your coins off the exchanges. Right, because if they have custodial control, uh, these exchanges do. And then all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to be taking your Bitcoin or your cryptos because they're not CBDC. Well, then they're gone, <laughs> you know? And maybe they'll, you know, give you a relatively similar amount or a fair market value for your cryptos in exchange for the CBDC that they can just type up on a computer, which is ridiculous. Maybe they'll do that as they did in the 19-whatevers but um, with gold. But who knows? I would just take it off the exchange. And also, guys, take your Monero off the exchange because we know there's been some weird stuff going on with some of these exchanges. Uh, check out our Monero, Monero price manipulation video. Um, there is some interesting data to look at there, even though I believe the longs um, are now up significantly more relative to the shorts than they were in that video. Um, but yeah, go check that out. But if 
they're making the claim that not supporting AOP will help government fence people in on exchanges. That's got implications, right? It means people aren't actually owning their crypto. Just like you don't own your money if it's at a bank. Now, you do have the FDIC thing, but, um, you know, you don't actually own it. They loan it out to somebody else. They get the 25% interest on some schmuck who's got a credit card while they give you, what, 0.5%? It's a scam, but... Um, yeah, and our motivation to add direct support was exactly to keep the government from doing so. Kind of a weak argument. If you ask me, what I think they're doing is they're trying to get ahead of the curve because they see this coming. They see that these regulations are going to be established uh, that look to tie taxpayer identification to people's crypto wallets and their crypto activities. And so they want to be the wallet that people can go to and trust as being a market leader uh, for making that easy right? And I think that other wallets are going to start to make this move. Despite having some logic, Trezor's action actually undermines the very set of principles it is trying to create. The purpose of having self-custodial Bitcoin wallets is to give power to the individual and by stamping a name, social security number, and home address to a Bitcoin unspent output, UTXO, the network's pseudonymity is lost as knowledge of ownership is raised from the assumption to a certainty, from an assumption to a certainty. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. And I think that this is just, this is not far away from happening. And in many cases, it's already the case because of the sophistication of the data forensics intelligence tools that a lot of these firms employ. Um, You may recall that poly network hack that happened a number of months ago when like $600 million was stolen off there. These data intelligence firms were able to figure out the hacker's email address. And I haven't gotten an update on that, but they're able to figure out some pretty sensitive information on the guy. And uh, you'd be surprised with how much they can figure out about you. If you know, you post your address somewhere online, it could be linked to your online address. I mean, bro, Jack Dorsey's trying to get people to put their Bitcoin wallet addresses on their Twitter profiles. <laughs> okay, so, you know, this stuff is being integrated more and more uh, into an intelligence database uh, of what people own, what people have. And so this is already uh, pretty far along, but this is just sort of like the next step forward here. Um, this is interesting to note. This was an interesting thing that I actually didn't know. So check this out. In November 2020, the Dutch Central Bank, the DNB, mandated that cryptocurrency exchanges and service providers in the country required proof from users that the address they were requesting the Bitcoin to be withdrawn to was actually theirs. So I didn't even know that happened. It looks like they're already on the move to initiate this. Um, and so, yeah, again, they want to know wherever you're taking this stuff. And I think in Europe, they had made an initiative to ban anonymous wallets, right? So um, that's pretty interesting. And as this KYC stuff continues, and there's an article that maybe we'll talk about another time of perhaps Arizona accepting Bitcoin as legal tender, okay, as more corporates mine this stuff, as more corporates put this stuff on their balance sheets, as more governments take this for tax payment, the more Bitcoin integrated into this intelligence database and the less KYC Bitcoin there are. Because how are you going to get, you know, KYC Bitcoin to become non-KYC again? Maybe you could shuffle it through like Samurai Wallet or Wasabi Wallet or something like this. But I imagine with the regulatory crackdown that's coming, those services are going to be made illegal. 
uh, and they know if you're using Wasabi Wallet. Now, they may not be able to identify the coins that are coming out of uh, you know, a Bitcoin mixer or a coin joiner or something like this, but because of the activity that such a service uh, spurs on the blockchain, they can kind of tell if somebody's using the service to begin with. And if they ban the service, then they can just tent all those Bitcoins which are coming out of the mixer. And so I anticipate that's going to be more of a thing. I think they're going to crack down on the privacy elements of Bitcoin, in which case you just want something like Monero, which is plug and play and easy. You're private by default, right? So moving on, the country's oldest cryptocurrency exchange, Bitonic, set in motion a legal action in court. So they're able to actually get that pushed back uh, because they had fought them in court, which to me is quite miraculous. I mean, that's quite a win. But they'll be back. They'll be back. I mean, just like the unrealized capital gains tax thing failed uh, in Congress, they'll be back. I promise you they'll be back with a similar initiative. And what's interesting to note, just as an aside, is that everybody freaks out over the whole, oh, well, if I have a transfer going uh, from my bank account to somewhere else and it's $600 or if I have over $600 or whatever the regulation was uh, that people were freaking out about, then the IRS and the feds are going to be able to, you know, scrutinize what's going on in my bank. Like, dude, this is like that times 10. <laughs> like, uh, they'll be able to know literally everything about your financial life with these developments so that's something to note uh but because the opportunity of gains and big old tendies is in people's starlit eyes uh you know people don't really care about the privacy as much uh so that's something to note. a similar dynamic is in play when it comes to aopp the protocol back to the article isn't inherently bad as it simply seeks to facilitate the enforcement of wallet verification measures in switzerland by making an interoperable standard available to wallet developers to implement. So we've talked about this word before in regards to tax and legislation. You're going to see more of that. You're going to see more regulation and tax code be integrated into computer code and made interoperable with uh, VASPs and uh, uh, VASP being a virtual asset service provider and wallets and things like this, I imagine. Uh, but even though AOPP isn't in and of itself negative, it legitimizes the practice of checking for address ownership. Yeah, and it's going to be normalized, right? And implementing it will open up a precedent for having the government influence developments in the open source Bitcoin wallet space. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's right. Surveillance and control mechanisms always start small, and there is hardly a way to see ahead of one's time and discover the true direction such requests could take. Yeah. I mean, just look at uh, the Patriot Act, right? Oh, it was meant for overseas, you know, terroristas and stuff like this. And, you know, what are we seeing now? Uh, well, they came out with this quite a while ago. Uh, we talked about this in a video a while back. Um, and now they're forming the domestic terrorist unit and they're going to deploy presumably the same intelligence gathering i guess you can call it weaponry against the american public that they did against the so-called enemies of our state the foreign enemies right so yeah i mean once the camel gets its nose under the tent who knows uh how much of it it's gonna get in so uh, where was I? I've got so many tabs open. It's crazy. And so Diverter says with friends like these, he's talking about uh, Trezor adopting the Swiss travel rule protocol. And then uh, 
Samurai Wallet came out and said, our understanding of AOPP is that it is some sort of API that wallet developers can incorporate that will automatically prove ownership of a non-custodial wallet to the exchange where the user is withdrawing from. And then Monero.com tweets, and they've got the Cake Wallet logo. That's cool. Um, although I think uh, I think it's supposed to be something else. Our understanding of Bitcoin is that it is some sort of surveillance coin that wallet developers can incorporate that will automatically share the sending, receiving addresses and amounts with the world. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. I hope people wake up to this sooner rather than later. Mike, who's a friend of the channel. What's up, Mike? He says... Just when you thought you couldn't get more bullish on Monero, and you really can't, <laughs> I don't think. If you watch this channel, I mean, we're hyper, mega, super nuclear bullish. So, um, major hardware wallets just started rolling this out. Uh, yeah, and they backtrack. But check this out. Check out what this looks like. This is wild, right? So it says, um, name, uh, Sarah Turner or Jennifer Anderson. It's got the Bitcoin wallet address. Uh, it's got the asset. Uh, and signed proof that the Bitcoin address is controlled by Sarah. Okay. And it's got their location. It's got their unique identifier. It's got the date of the transaction. So, yeah, crazy, right? That's what's coming. And somebody had uh, interestingly commented. <laughs> Let me see if I can find this. Uh, somebody was like, oh, this is not how Bitcoin is supposed to be. <laughs> and I was like, you sure about that? You sure about that, bro? Because uh, who knows where this all is supposed to go? You guys thought you were just getting rich off freedom money. Did you really think that they're going to let you just get away with this? <laughs> like, um, you know, you think that you're just going to develop freedom money, get super rich, and then make a free, new, awesome world? That sounds nice. But I don't think that's really the story arc. Here. I don't think that's how this has happened. Um, go check at our uh, go check out the crypto coup d'etat videos that we made, especially the Mastercard one. The Mastercard one, we go into some details to like what's really going on behind the scenes with crypto. Mastercard is the company uh, which had purchased CipherTrace, and did they purchase CipherTrace or Chainalysis? I think they purchased CipherTrace, didn't they? Uh, which is one of our favorite data analytical companies, which is just everywhere. Cypher Trace. And I think it's the company which is trying to break Bitcoin. Yeah, so they bought Cypher Trace, right? And they're the ones trying to break uh, Monero, excuse me. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, central banks, big banks, they've been in crypto since 2014, okay, when Bitcoin was worth like $100. They've been in this stuff before you were in this stuff, before I was in this stuff. Okay, uh, they've known about this stuff, but they're going to make the claim that, oh, we didn't see this coming. Wow, what a development. Those libertarians, they've, they're really uh, crafty, aren't they? And so then they're going to say, you know what? We're just moving along with the times. We've got our own cryptocurrency now. Check it out. Isn't it cool? And really, it's just part of the program. Like, I think to some degree, crypto has been used as a way to soften the consciousness of the public to the idea of having money, which makes everything you do traced, which makes your account balances known to everybody, and to make it so that your financial life is no longer private. Um, 
And if you can be assuaged by gains and tendies to kind of soften your consciousness to this stuff, then it's not too much of an extra step to just switch to CBDC, right? So to some degree, I think the crypto world has been kind of bribed. And they've, I think, left the crypto world alone as long as they have so that they could have the free market element of this work to create the most sophisticated of crypto technologies that they can then deploy against the public to in a more sophisticated way than you can even imagine trace track tax and do all that stuff right so just some thoughts just some thoughts in passing um yeah so 21 analytics ch easy travel rule compliance that protects your data <laughs> oh dude that's so funny. I just wanted to bring this up because isn't this funny? Guys, your data is being totally protected. Where's the... Yeah. Doesn't that look like your data is being like totally protected, guys? <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, so, yeah, yeah. This dude was like, this is doing the exact opposite of what Bitcoin is meant to do. And I'm like, yeah, you sure? And he's like, I don't get too coffee, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he says... If you get Monero from a centralized exchange in an FATF travel rule country, you have to, I guess, go along with this or something like this. Uh, it's not about the blockchain. And then 4 Al says, then don't get from a centralized exchange. Use Atomic Dex or local Monero or even Trade Ogre. Let's go. So, yeah, you can use these. And Bitcoin as says, nope, only BISC network. We only hashtag Bitcoin. And then 4Al says, I'm familiar with BISC, but the lack of protocol-level privacy means true privacy will be forever lacking. And then I said, Havana has entered the chat. Yeah, because Havana is basically BISC, except it's run on Tor, and it's by default private because it's run on Monero. Monero is the base currency used. So, again, that's going to be huge. It's going to bring so much liquidity to Monero. It's going to be crazy. Moving on. Guys, a lot to get to. So, Justin German guy, Aaron Hoffa, he says in a pretty good thread I go check out, um, you know, because a lot of people have the misconception that Monero, because it's private, doesn't comply with AML regulations and KYC. Um, Monero is just digital cash. Just like cash in your pocket isn't banned by any law because it's private. Similarly, Monero is not... Uh, you know, banned because it's private, right? So um, he says, this seems like such an easy idea to understand, but everyone suddenly freaks out and assumes that there's some exception somewhere only for Monero. All AML laws are written with cash in mind, a private bearer asset. There's no radically new thing here. And Arctic Mind's been on the channel. We love Arctic Mind. Very genius fella. He said in our first interview that we did with him that Monero is not only legally compliant, it is the most legally compliant cryptocurrency that's out there at least one of them right because there's no pre-mine because there's no developer tax uh, because everything is voluntarily funded and because it has view and spend keys which allows you to opt into regulation um it, it's totally compliant there's no reason to ban it at all doesn't mean they won't doesn't mean they won't make an attempt but uh as of now there's no law in the books that has monero to be under any particular suspicion relative to other cryptos. So he goes on. He says, 
The only ones pushing this notion that Monero is some radical new case we've never seen anything like before are those who use Monero as a foil to make it seem like their compliance programs for their assets are more robust with blockchain analysis tools than they actually are. So we talked about that in our UK Kraken crackdown video. Go check that out. The speculation is that because these data forensics companies, which work with these exchanges to track everything that's going on, where people are taking their crypto off and on and everything like that to make sure that no crypto is tainted, excuse me, when it's coming on, coming from bad sources, these firms, they can't adequately track and trace Monero. And so they don't want to be exposed as having, uh, you know, tools which are inadequate or insufficient to do a good job. They just want to get rid of that which embarrasses them, which is Monero, <laughs> right? Um, and that's basically what he's saying here. Uh, and that's why Kraken made the move to get rid of it. That's the speculation. Uh, and then he says, I really hope people eventually wrap their head around this and understand that it's all about the regulated exchanges. But so long as Monero remains the only powerful voice for privacy in the cryptocurrency space, this will probably keep happening. Um, and then he says, the only meaningful way out of this case is to do everything we can to make Monero widely adopted across the globe. That's true. So that people can't ignore it. You'll suddenly see people actually care about privacy with actions in their businesses, depending on supporting Monero, but not before. So yeah. Yeah. Remember guys, if you reach out to a business, they start uh, adopting Monero, reached out to somebody and they started to, uh, you know, take Monero, they downloaded Cakewalk or something like that. Let me know. I'm excited to hear it. Give you a shout out. Just wanted to read that real quick. There's so much to get through, guys. So sorry if I'm just like, you know, kind of sprinting through. There is just a lot of breaking news, and I've been gone for a couple days, so there's a good bit to catch on. So check it out. This is the big news for today. Uh, and we're going to talk about my speculations as to why this is now happening. So check it out. Just in, Biden admin is preparing executive action to regulate digital assets such as Bitcoin as, quote-unquote, a matter of national security. Okay. Now, that's interesting that they throw it in there as a matter of national security. Now, the United States is the home of the global financial system, so anything that threatens that is obviously going to be a matter of national security. <laughs> um, it was not the WMDs, which were a threat to national security with Iraq. The threat was that they're going to start to sell their oil in euros. Same thing with Gaddafi. The reason we took him out was not because, you know, he was a threat to our national security. No, he wanted to set up like a pan-African trade union that used another currency other than the dollar called the gold dinar. And I think that was in the WikiLeaks. So, um, yeah, anything that threatens the financial system is a matter of national security, right? Um, is the $30 trillion of national debt, is that a threat to national security? But, you know, uh, it's a big club and you guys are not in it. I'm in it. No, I'm joking. But so check it out. Let's talk about why this is happening now. Let's speculate a little bit. So we talked about this a few days ago. This could be part of a domestic narrative. Um, now, it could be that this random sentence, which was tacked into this preceding, you know, blow, whatever this is, about, uh, you know, Fuentes going to an America First rally, 
uh, or the mig- the million MAGA march in Washington, the whole January 6th thing. Um, because this was randomly thrown in there. We talked more about this in our uh, big coin, big tech, and big uh, something else video. Go check it out. According to the public reports, both Fuentes and Casey received tens of thousands of dollars in Bitcoin from a French computer programmer, funds the FBI scrutinized, blah, 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 right? So they're wanting to link Bitcoin to the capital attack. And because of the capital attack, remember, they're talking about forming, in response to this, a domestic terrorista unit at the Department of Justice. And remember that this department is linked to um, OFAC, right? They work together to enact sanctions. And, well, it's the U.S. government, right? They're all interlinked, obviously. But uh, OFAC looks to prevent economic activity and trade that is antagonistic to U.S. foreign policy. And, you know, with this, it's probably going to become domestic policy because um, national security, again, we're seeing that word, they want to stop terroristas. You see this word right here from trading, right? That's basically what this says. So we're seeing some things kind of come together, right? And something that ties into that, which came out recently, is a provision in the America Competes Act would allow Treasury to secretly prohibit any kind of transaction it deems a concern, quote-unquote, without any public notice or input. Okay, so this is super key. This may be even bigger than this news here about, uh, goodness, I have so many tabs, about Biden preparing executive action to regulate these digital assets, right? Because it could be that they are confident with the amount of hash rate that's being generated by corporate Bitcoin miners and Bitcoin miners who would otherwise be compliant with whatever regulations they decide to come out with, especially the Canadian miners as well, because they're kind of interlinked, uh, as some of you have noted, they may feel confident enough to start to require Bitcoin miners to comply with Treasury Department initiatives and OFAC, blacklists and prohibitions of certain transactions, maybe from certain wallets or transactions of certain Bitcoins that came from certain places, right? So all this could be happening as a result of this January 6th thing uh, as we... Where, where is it? As we talked about uh, here. But also, it could be as a result of Russia flipping back, right? Because, look, Putin supports Bitcoin mining in Russia. And right after this, the report came out that it's now a national security concern to regulate Bitcoin. Now, there have been increasing sanctions which have been issued against Russia because of the whole Ukraine thing, um, maybe they're going to use this as a pretext. Remember, guys, external enemies are the best defense against internal enemies when it comes to politics and geopolitics. You want to get the domestic population hot off your tail, what you do is you find an external enemy and you start attacking them. You start to say, hey, to protect you guys from them, which is really just to say to protect us from you, 
we are going to regulate this thing and we're going to set up this surveillance uh, initiative. We're going to do this and that in order to make it so that these dangerous people from the outside don't, uh, you know, attack or hurt you lovely people on the inside who want to hurt me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that could be what's happening. Uh, just a speculation here um, because maybe they're going to say that Putin and his cronies want to use Bitcoin in order to evade sanctions, right? And that ties back into OFAC here. And then they'll say that, hey, you need to have an OFAC-compliant mining pool because we need to make sure that the Ruskies, the evil Ruskies, are not evading our sanctions. This is a matter of, you know, Ukrainian national security, American global national security, whatever. So that could be going on, right? That could be going on. Um, or it could be the domestic January 6th thing. I mean, who knows? It could also just be they're getting ready to roll out their CBDC and they want to um, heavily regulate or stamp out the competition. So just some things to think about. And I think that more hash rate is now moving to the, Uni the United States because check this out. I, I read this uh, the other day. This is from investmentmonitor.ai. And the article is called, Is it Game Over for Kazakhstan's Bitcoin Miners? And one of the quotes in there, we're not going to read it, was, In general, the mood is not very optimistic in this sector. Many Kazakhstan Bitcoin miners are looking for other places to go, mainly the U.S. or Russia. And I said Russia is moving towards the ban. That was the Russian Central Bank. Looks like they're looking to regulate it, which is the next topic of conversation that I want to talk about. We'll talk more about this provision here maybe another time, but just know that that's where we're going. Um, they would like to have control over what transactions go through and what transactions don't, right? Sorry, my nose is itchy. Um, and they're talking about Bank Secret CX, and we've been through that a little bit before here on the channel. But, yeah, they're going to do it all in the name of AML and protecting you guys and, uh, you know, making sure the terroristas are kept at bay, blah, 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 right? So let's talk a little bit about this flip-flop here because it was interesting to see the Russian Central Bank come out and say, yeah, we're definitely going to ban this stuff. This stuff is getting out of control. It threatens our CBDC. They didn't say anything about the CBDC, but they said that non-CBDC cryptos flourishing in their country undermines their capacity to control monetary policy. And that's what the Chinese basically said too. Um, and they rolled out their digital yuan recently. So this is a very interesting article. I'd check it out. This is from NASDAQ. But I just, without going through too much of the deets here, I want to just give you the highlights. And I made a tweet about this recently, like in the last hour. But this is something to note because this makes Monero look really good. In the article, uh, well, first I say, the Russian government seems to be more warm to the idea of Bitcoin and other cryptos being regulated instead of banned. Uh, here are some interesting highlights from this NASDAQ article about this development that are worthy to note. Uh, Deputy Prime Minister Dmitry, uh, Russian last name, on Friday signed a roadmap valid to the end of the year, RBC reported. The document provisions the regulation of Bitcoin, the identification of clients and establishment of of liabilities for violations. So, again, there's the push to identify people who are using crypto, to tie uh, taxpayer identification to Bitcoin wallets and to tax your activity and to track what's going on with you financially, right? 
And then it said, Andrew Lugovoy, first deputy head of the Committee on Secretary and Anti-Corruption of the State of Duma, considers an outright ban on this market unconstructive as it risks the establishment of a black market in the economy. Now, that's key. What was just said there? You guys know what was just said, right? What they just basically said was, hey, you know what? We might as well go with the devil we know rather than when we don't. We might as well just have Bitcoin be used and become maybe popularized instead of Monero, albeit with tremendous amounts of you know regulatory control, rather than people go to Monero, rather than people get spooked out of Bitcoin because it's banned and you know we could be tracking this stuff and arresting people. Then having people go to Monero, a truly private, decentralized, and robust crypto that can't be stopped by the authorities, that can't really be adequately regulated by the authorities and thereby presents a true threat to them. So that's probably assumed in that statement there. Moving on, the Bank of Russia's head of financial stability uh, said on Friday that the central bank considers comparing Bitcoin to money to be incorrect and very dangerous as the digital currency is an instrument accompanied by risks even if there is regulation. Right, so we know that Bitcoin isn't money. It's not digital gold. It's, uh, it's. A, I mean, I, I think it's personally a scam. Uh, you know, people are saying that it's digital real estate, which is nonsense. Uh, they're saying that you know it's digital gold, store of value, blah blah blah. I was going to make a video this week on that. It's going to have to wait till either Saturday or next week. Um, there are problems with that, and then there's the claim that it's digital cash, which was the initial claim, but because of you know that kind of going by the wayside, they went to digital gold and some people are now saying digital real estate, right? So it's not money because it's not fungible. We've talked about that. The accounting ledger can't work because all the units of value that comprise of the monetary system of Bitcoin aren't equal to each other because their histories can be tracked and traced and different subjective valuations could be made as a result of where those Bitcoins have been. And so uh, it can't work as an accounting system. Therefore, it's not money, right? So Moving on, these risks. So they're right about that. I don't know if they're saying it's not money because of the fungibility problem. Probably they're saying it isn't money because it's not our money. You know, it's the central bank. But they're saying that there are many risks to it, even if there is regulation. So we'll see what happens. These risks will be excessive, and we expect that more and more countries will come to the conclusion that cryptocurrency should be banned. So they're kind of telling you up front that more current more countries are going to ban this stuff, uh, which we can anticipate is the case. I think that is going to happen. Uh, go check out our crypto crackdown video. Uh, I think that's going to end up to be pretty ahead of the curve. Moving on, some people mistakenly consider them money, although they're not. We talked about that. So let's go through some of my takes on this. A couple of key takeaways. A strategy used by sovereigns we could see as an initiative to outright ban crypto, as seen in India and now Russia. India, you know, first started out by saying they're going to ban it, and then they said they're going to regulate it. Similar with Russia now, and then consider, quote-unquote, the public response by, quote-unquote, responsibly regulating crypto instead, uh, which means to regulatorily capture it, right? This regulation will evidently include heavy KYC and AML requirements that aim to tie taxpayer identifications to their crypto wallets and activity. Wallets that adopt AOPP, like we talked about before, will likely be more favored, which is perhaps why the recent interest from some wallets to incorporate this, because they'll be ahead of the curve 
and maybe they'll be recommended by governments. Um, who knows? This movement will likely compound on itself as data analytics companies, compliance advisors, lawyers probably too, advertisers, uh, AOPP wallet providers, etc., lobby the government to institute and increase these regs in an effort to capture more market share and to allow for more access to data to be had. You know, if you have more regulations that say people's data has to be more public, then that's more data that could be siphoned off by, you know, big tech, you know, Google and advertisers and things like this. Maybe even credit card companies that want to look into how your crypto activity is playing into your financial status and thereby your credit score, right? Um, so that that's to consider. Big data and government compliance equals big business. Also interesting was the note that an outright ban would lead to an establishment of a black market. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. Monero's key. They don't want you to use it. They'd probably like you instead to use crypto that they can actually track, tax, and trace. Um, yeah, so that's something to note, ladies and gentlemen. Something to note. Do I have anything else I want to talk about? Let's see what's going on. Yeah, Seth for privacy has got some key takes. He says, prepare for the battle ahead. Start working on your personal privacy, private usage of cryptocurrencies, and self-sovereignty today. Now, if you guys have any tips for me, you guys know I'm not a tech guy. I'm just kind of like a cheerleader here. But um, if you have any comments as to how we could use Monero more privately, uh, how it is we could better set up these parallel economies, which are just so important to set up, particularly right now. There's sort of like an open window for us to do this. And the more that we can establish these networks, the more robust that we can make them, the more that we have a chance to really kind of have an out here. So that's to consider. If you guys have some notes on that, please leave it in the comments. I'd love to hear them. And then uh, I think we talked about this. Yeah, take your coins off the exchange, right? So that is all. I think that's all I want to talk about. Kind of a longer video today, but um, yeah, guys. Monero's going to be key. Monero's going to be absolutely key. Uh, this is just bullish point number 12,000 here on the channel. Um, I feel good about our positions. And life, math, and money, he's all about Monero. He's got like 300,000 followers. Give him a follow. He's got some pretty key takes. If you're watching, bro, what's up? Uh, but I have nothing more to say. Everything that uh, we have been saying is just going along as anticipated. And we anticipate that our thesis is going to play out very positively for Monero, maybe negatively for the world, but who knows? Uh, we just are realists here on the channel. We take these data points, we incorporate, we incorporate them into a coherent thesis, and then uh, we act accordingly. And if things change, then we adapt and update. But ultimately, uh, things that we've been saying here on the channel for about five, six months now, Everything is going according to how it is we would have anticipated it to go, um, which means that our positions are stronger than ever. So that is something to be glad about. That said, Monero Mateo, thanks for tuning in. Uh, check out the social media links below. Check us out on Gab. Check us out on Odyssey, the Telegram for the base takes. Um, and then donation addresses are below for our lovely private cryptos and our cryptos in the Freedom Coin Covenant, which I know you guys probably hear want to hear a little bit more about. I know some of you want some updates for Haven, for Xano, uh, for Pirate Chain, some of these others. We'll talk about those another time. I've been focusing a lot more on Monero recently because it's sort of like we're getting down to the brass tacks. We're getting down to crunch time where we've got to onboard people. 
uh, to this new parallel economy. And it's just easy to say, hey, use Monero. It's like the go-to private crypto, which works well enough. You know, it's like if you want to, you know, take some garbage out, it's like you could take the garbage out or you could like blow it up with diamond dynamite. Like which one works, right? And Monero works, so we should just get people to use that, right? So that said, Monero Mateo checking out. Uh, subscribe, like, and all that stuff. We'll see you guys next time. God bless. Take care.